Well, good morning, everybody. How y'all doing this morning? Here we are on the last Sunday of 2023, which also happens to be the last day. I love that. That's a, that's a, that's a great day for it to fall on. We might as well end this year being thankful and in the presence of God. Father, we are just so thankful for this 2023 that we have just lived through. Hey, there may, might have been times where it was like, oh, I don't like what's going on, but no, there's breath in my lungs, and so I will be thankful for you, Lord. I will th- be thankful for everything that you've done and everything that you will be continuing to do into 2024 with a heart of thanks giving Lord we come before you this morning you said to enter your courts with praise and with thanksgiving in our hearts and so we are just so thankful Lord we are so thankful Lord thank you thank you thank you oh hallelujah thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord Hallelujah. You know, I think gratitude and thanksgiving is one of those things that is getting lost more and more in our society. We are very ungrateful for a lot of things that other people around the world would be like, hey, I'd love to have that, and we take it for granted. It's good to be thankful and understand how blessed we are in the land that we live in, how blessed we are to be sons and daughters of God. Amen? Hallelujah. So we are ending 2023 today. And I think for me personally, 2023 has been a really good year for this ministry and for my personal ministry. And I'm just saying I'm so grateful for the things that God has done. And I believe great things for 2024. Great things for 2024. And so as Jessica has already brought up, our word for 2023 was continue. And every year as we're approaching the end of the year in November and December, I'm seeking the Lord. I'm saying, God, if there was one thing that you would like to say for us that to hold us through this year, what would you have that to be? And I encourage you to do that for your personal life. Say, God, if there's one thing that you would like to say to me, one bit of direction you'd like to give me, as we enter in, he will tell you. Come on, you don't, you don't need big, complex, fully wrote out like strategies like God gives you every detail. He often doesn't do that. It says the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. And if you're not willing to do the one, you'll never make it to two. And if you want A through Z, you're never going to get anywhere. The Lord will tell you what you need to know, when you need to know it, and you just got to be faithful to be like, okay, I'm doing, I'm stepping out. And then it'll be like, oh, I took that step, and now a new avenue has opened that wasn't open before. You just got to continue one after the other. And so that was our word for 2023 was continue. Because that's exactly what the early church did. It says in Acts 2.42 that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. I'm so glad it was, wasn't they, they did it once and then they stopped. It says they continued. They continually did it. Why? Because you are not what you do occasionally. You are what you do habitually. You are do what you do. you are what you do every day. 
I remember the Lord said to me, it's probably about 10 years ago now, he said, don't do occasionally the things that you should do daily. And don't do daily the things that you should be doing only occasionally. And so it's important the things that you continue in. And for the early church, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. What was the apostles' doctrine? It's what became your epistles, your books from Peter, your books from John. All those things became what they were continuing in. It's not like we learn and do something different than they did. We serve the same God, and we have the same Holy Spirit that they did. And so as they continued, we continue in it. Continuing in fellowship, it's so good for us to be together as a church body, to take the time to be here. But it's also important that you guys get together other times and be together in fellowship because you need good people who will set you on the right path because when you isolate yourself, you believe a lot of stupid things sometimes. You know, when you've been off by yourself for a while, you're like, oh, I'm doing good. But then when you get that outside perspective, you can be encouraged to come up higher. And so they continued in fellowship. They continued in the breaking of bread. That's not only just communion, the communion table, but that's also getting together and having meals, being together, and in prayers. Continuing in prayers. Well, the Apostle Paul said, pray without ceasing. Or pray at all times. Why? Because prayer is not the, oh, Heavenly Father, I come before you. No, it's my dialogue between me and God. You can talk to him at any point without, of any day. You could be like, God, what do I need to do right now? Give me wisdom. I've got this problem. You can talk to him just as though you would talk to the person beside you. And that was one of the things when I was teaching my own children to pray. I don't have them do these religious prayers. I just say, tell them, say, hey, God. Talk to him. Hey, God, here's what's going on. Or just thank you. And then in Jesus' name. Why? Because we pray to the Father in the name of the Son, but he is just as real as the person sitting beside you. And he's always present, and every time you open your mouth to talk, he's listening. And so you might as well treat him like he's a real person sitting beside you, because he is. Wherever you go, he goes because he got on the inside of you. You've become a mobile throne. Wherever you are, there's the presence of God too. And so you don't have to worry about God being far away. He's right with you. And so our word was continue in 2023. And it's one of those great words. Because I said this to some friends while I was out traveling this year. Continue is a word that makes decisions really easy. It's like as things have come up in this last year, it's like, what are we going to do? We're going to continue. You know, sometimes when we hit bumps along the way, we start thinking about, well, what do I need to change or what do I need to fix? Sometimes you just got to keep going. That you're doing the right thing. Problems are not an indicator of you being out of the will of God. Actually, I would say that they're more of an indicator of you being in the will of God because the enemy doesn't want you to keep going forward. So just because you hit a bump, don't start looking, okay, what do we change now? Unless the Holy Spirit tells you to change something, you keep going. And so continue has been one of those great words. It's like, what are we going to do? We just continue. You know, we're not changing things. We're not believing something new. No, the word is the same as it was back when the disciples had it. Amen? And when it says that they continued steadfastly, it's this word in the Greek. And it means to adhere to or constant to one or to be steadfastly attentive to. 
to be steadfastly attentive to, but I really like that the roots, the two roots that this word comes from, and the first one is to the advantage of, and the second one is being steadfast. There is an advantage to being steadfast. There is an advantage to continuing. But you know what? The also is tr- opposite is also true then. There is a disadvantage to not being steadfast. There's a disadvantage to not continuing. If you give up every time things get hard, you'll never get anywhere. But when you're persistent, when you're steadfast, and you continue, you end up right where he's been calling you to go. You know, if we look at what uh, uh, the, I, I believe it was Paul wrote Hebrews, but the writer of Hebrews says, Hebrews ch- chapter 12, verse 2, it says, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And so there's things that he will inspire that will be birthed out of the word of God and out of what the Holy Spirit says to you that he will start and he will bring them to the end. But do you know what happens in the middle? You got to continue. Something that starts in order to reach the finish has to be seen all the way through, right? So if he inspires a journey of faith for you, you've got to continue. You've got to take hold with him. If he says get up and go, you get up and go. If he says stay, you got to stay. And if you don't continue in that, you never see it through to the end. So he is the author and he is the finisher and your job is just to stay the course. Come on, I like the story in the, in the Gospels where Jesus tells his disciples, get in the boat, we're going to the other side. And they get in the boat, and they start going, and Jesus falls asleep. And out in the middle of the sea, a big storm arises upon them, and the disciples begin to get scared. And you got to think, this must have been some storm. You have seasoned fishermen who have spent their entire lives out on this lake, out on this water, and they're the ones that are freaking out, saying, Jesus, don't you care that we're about to die? So this must have been quite the storm. But the word of the Lord was, get in the boat, we're going to the other side. The word of the Lord was not, get in the boat, we're going to die in the middle in a storm. No, the word of the Lord was, we're going to the other side, and Jesus was unbothered by the storm because the word had already gone forth. And if he said something in his word, if he's spoken to you by the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter what the storm is, you're going to the other side. And so they wake him up and they say, don't you care that we're about to die? And Jesus just gets up and says, peace, be still. And I believe it's in the rendering in the book of John and it says, and immediately they were at the other side. So when he inspires something, when he sets you on a journey, your job is just to keep walking with him. If he said go, go. If he said stay, stay. If he said you are, you are. If he says you have it, you have it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. When it comes to faith, we believe what he says. I love what Paul said in Philippians chapter 3. He says, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on or I continue that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. And so our word for 2023 was continue, but we didn't actually start preaching that until August. And usually when we set out in a new direction in a year, 
I always preach it at the first of the year, but I didn't feel in my heart that it was time to do that. And I kept checking, April, nope, no, not time to preach. And it wasn't until August where the Holy Spirit finally said, now preach that continue message. And it wasn't until he said that that it dawned on me, you don't need to be told to continue at the beginning. Everybody's willing to go at the start. But it's when things get tough or when you've been doing something for a while, someone needs to come along and go, keep going. Continue. And so we preached that in August. And I was thinking, you know, I've never done this, but we should do a review on the year. Where have we been in 2023? Because that is the foundation that you're going to stand on to walk into 2024. And so where we started back in January, we spent 12 weeks talking about the laws of God. And the, I told you when we started that series that we hear this a lot from people when, when they see things in the Word like, well, I'm not under the law, I'm under grace. That is very true, but you have no idea what kind of laws I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the do good, get goods, or do bad, get bads. I'm talking about the laws that govern the kingdom of God because every realm has laws that govern it. In this natural earthly realm, we have the laws of physics. You try and break them, you will find out how sure they are. There's the law of gravity. You go up on the top of this church and step up, you're going to hit the ground pretty quick. There are laws that govern the realm that we are in, just as much there's laws that govern the kingdom of God. And so if he tells you it's one way in the kingdom, and you say it's another, guess what? He's not the one who's wrong. And so we're not talking about the do good, get goods, and the do bad, get bads. We're talking about the laws that actually govern how the kingdom of God is because Jesus came to declare and to establish the kingdom of God. On his earthly journey throughout the Gospels, he keeps talking about the kingdom. I've come to establish the kingdom. This is how it is in the kingdom. He says, what shall we liken the kingdom to? He's talking about the realm of the spirit of which you were about to be unified into with him. When he said, God, make them one with me just like I'm one with you. Jesus was fully planted in the spiritual realm and fully planted in the natural realm at the same time. The same as you are. Pastor Wendy was already talking about coming up. You know what the what the, the Bible says about you? It says that you are seated in heavenly places together with him. Oh, well, that will be. No, no, he didn't say you will be. He was writing to people that were alive. He's saying right now in your position spiritually, you're seated at the right hand of God. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but that which also is to come. And he's put all things under Jesus' feet. And if you're sitting with Jesus and it's under his feet, what about yours? You're seating, seated together with him. And so Jesus talked about coming to establish the kingdom. And law number one that we covered was in Romans chapter 8. It says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. It didn't say that I could be free. It says I have been made free. 
I have been loosed from sin and death and their ability to hold me back. And I have been joined together to the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus. You have more life available to you than any problem or circumstance that could stand in your way. Every time something pops up, there is life available to you. Jesus said, I've come to God. You might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. And so the law number one in God's kingdom, life rules. He imparts life. He breathes life into old dreams and old dead things that you thought could never be revived. He breathes life into them and brings them back. And so when you think it's, you've hit the end and there's nowhere further to go, life will open doors that you didn't know could be opened. Law number two that we covered is that he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it. I like that. It says continues in it. It's not something that we do occasionally, but looking into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. It says this one, this one will be blessed in what he does. And when he's talking about the perfect law of liberty, he's talking about his word. His law, word is the thing that brings liberty and freedom to you. And we talked about how you can know whether or not you're applying the word correctly. Is it freeing you from the things of the world and bringing you to the things of life and the things of God? If it ha it's not setting you free, it's not being applied properly. The word brings freedom. It doesn't leave you where you've been. It releases you from it so that you can fully embrace that which he has given to you. And he calls it the perfect law of liberty. Why is it perfect? Because we saw that in James chapter 1. James chapter 2 leads us to the royal law of love. When we look into the word of God, we can't help but discover the love of God. Where the Bible says God is love. Not that he has love, he is love. And we could take a journey over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and look at what love does. It keeps no record of wrongs against it. It believes the best of every person. It never fails. It never gives up. It never becomes obsolete. And it's the same way with God. The royal law of love is revealed through the word of God. Where Jesus said, what's the best commandments? Love the Lord your God and your neighbor. Why? Because his love has been poured into your heart, Romans 5.5, 5, by the Holy Spirit. He's poured himself into you, and love is what he is. Law number four in Romans 3.27 says, Where is the boasting then? It is excluded by what law of works? No, but the law of faith. The thing that makes the kingdom of God spin round is the law of faith. God says it's one way, and we agree, and we go ahead and step out and act on what he said. Faith believes God. Faith takes God at his word. If he says it is that way, we say it is that way. Even if everything that I'm feeling, everything that I've experienced says it's another way, if the word of God says it's this way, faith 
aligns itself with that. And it says, this is how it is. And as we were teaching for, I think we did three weeks on the law of faith here at the first of the year, it inspired that we needed to take most of this year of 2023 and talk about faith. And so from that point on, we saw the message of faith woven through every series that we did through 2023 because it's not by boasting, it's not by works, it's by faith, and faith aligns itself with God. And law number five that we finished that series was, was the law of sowing and reaping because Jesus said the kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground. And he kept liking it to the, king, the kingdom to a man who sows seed. And he would sow the seed, and it says that the, the plant would grow, but he didn't know how. Meaning you don't have to make something grow. Your job is to be obedient to plant when he tells you to plant. When he says sow, you sow. You don't have to worry about making the harvest happen. You were the sower. And then it says when the time of harvest has come, you put in the sickle and you bring it in. Your job is not to make a harvest happen. Your job is to believe the Lord of the harvest. Amen? And so the kingdom of God works on seed time and harvest. Because in Genesis 8... Verse 22, it says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. Well, we know it's getting colder. It should have been a lot colder than it is now, but it's getting colder because we're into winter. We know that we still have summer. We have winter, summer. We have day and night. So if those things still exist, seed time and harvest still exist. And it's a, king, it's a principle of the kingdom that has been there even from back in the garden. Because when God created Adam and Eve and placed them in the garden, the first thing after he blessed them, told them to be fruitful and multiply, he said, see, I've given you seed. Why? Because the kingdom of God works on seed time and harvest. And it works in every area of our lives. In Galatians 6, verse 7, it says, Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. And it says, for he who sows to his flesh, or the things of na the natural things, will of the natural things reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit, will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And one of the things that I said while we were talking about seed, time, and harvest, one of the greatest travesties about the message of seed, time, and harvest, is that some aspects of the church has made it all about money. That's so much that's limiting what God has taught about seed, time, and harvest. It's about your life. You sow love into those around you, you will reap a loving family. You sow encouragement to people, you will start to reap encouragement. You sow joy into your surroundings and you'll find your surroundings being more joyful when you feel like you don't have something go ahead and start sowing what you do have stop saying oh my my workplace everyone's so grumpy and so mean you start being helpful you start being joyful you change the atmosphere because you are not a thermometer you are a thermostat and your job is to walk into whatever situation and change that atmosphere because when you walked in God walked in with you hallelujah so that's how we started the year for 12 weeks and from there, we moved on to two weeks where we just talked about worship. And worship is so important. But unfortunately for many in the body of Christ, their entire relationship with God is internalized. I'm here to worship. 
Well, you should have told your face. You should have told your mouth. You should have told your hands. Because things that are not expressed are not real. You want a great example of this? If you are married and you have not told your wife or your husband that you love them, well, if I change my mind, I'll let them know. No, if you don't express it, you're going to start to know it. Because things are going to get a lot of friction pretty quick, right? Love is meant to be expressed. In the same way, faith is meant to be expressed. You believe in your heart and you speak with your mouth. There's something happens on the inside and it's expressed through you. So worship that doesn't move you to action is not worship. It's spectatorship. And so we talked about that for two weeks. And we talked about how with the early church, when Peter and John were threatened by the, the priests and said, don't preach in that name anymore. Don't preach in the name of Jesus anymore. When they went back, they went to their own company. And it says, and when they heard what the priests said, it says, they raised their voice to, one God, to God in one accord. They raised their voice, not Peter and John, but the group raise their voice. And so when we come together to worship, we sing because it brings us into unity. It brings us into one accord where the Holy Spirit begins to weave us together as one because that's what that word one accord means. It's the word homothomiden, which means to rush along together in unison. And the great thing of the Holy Spirit is he can take people from vastly different backgrounds and he can weave them together to be one voice and one unity and to bring things out of them that they didn't even know was on the inside. And the word here, the image that's with it is almost musical. It's like a number of notes are sounded, which while different, they harmonize and pitch and tone. And so you may not sound like your neighbor, but that's probably a good thing, especially if your neighbor's Pastor Robin. We just tell him, say, watermelon, watermelon, watermelon. <laughs> oh, just giving you a hard time. But you don't have to be like those on stage. The people on stage are not here to entertain you. We're, they're here to lead you into the presence of God and for us to all come together. And you will only ever get out of worship what you're willing to do with yourself. If you're not willing to do as the Bible said, lift up holy hands unto the Lord, you're not going to receive. If you're not going to let the fruit of your lips give praise to his name, you're not going to receive in the same way someone else who is doing what the word says. Where we can drop to our knees and worship him. The very word of worship is the word proskuneo, which means to lay yourself down before him. To submit yourself. And so if we're not willing to submit our actions and to submit our voices and to submit our hearts, worship is hindered. And so we talked about that for two weeks, which led us into four weeks on the Holy Ghost. Kicking off at Pentecost Sunday. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is the one that weaves the lives of the church together. And Jesus said, I'll pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Not just with the disciples in the beginning. He said the Holy Spirit's coming, and he's staying forever. And it says he's the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. 
for he dwells with you and well will be in you. Why? Because we're supposed to receive him just as the, the early church did. And it says that the world doesn't see him and the world doesn't know him, but you know him. And one of the greatest things when it comes to listening and learning to follow the Holy Spirit is stop saying, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't hear. I can't. No, you need to change your confession. I know him. Why? Because Jesus told me I know him. Why? Because he's another comforter. The word another means just like that one. Who was that one? Jesus. So if you say, I know Jesus, but I don't know the Holy Spirit, you're lying. He said, I, I'm sending you another comforter, and you know him. And so if you can perceive and begin to understand the character and the nature of Jesus, you can do so with the Holy Spirit as well. But it says the world can't see him, and the world doesn't know him, so we can't draw our experience in the world to understand and experience the Holy Spirit. And unfortunately, too many Christians are looking to reference back to their old life to understand. He doesn't reference the old life. He brings you into new life. Amen? And Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, And you'll receive power once the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That word power is the word dunamis. That's miracle working power that you receive when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And when he comes upon you, it empowers you to actually do something. For all spirit-filled Christians saying, oh yeah, I've got the Holy Spirit, but you haven't done anything in 50 years. Man, go back and get him again because it empowers you to do something. Amen? It says when he's upon you, it'll get your feet moving. He inspires action. And we spent two weeks in the end of October and November talking about the end times, just bringing some, some clarification and some direction to there's a lot of stupid teaching on this out there. And so it's important to bring it back into balance. And so we spent one week with Dr. Kirk Dubois, from, uh, the eschatology teacher at Rhema Bible Training College. And then I did a week just talking about how we're on a timeline. The Bible has said when you see this happen, there's only one generation until the end. And there's certain things that have taken place in our lifetime and in some of you older people's lifetime that have not happened in 2,000 years that the Bible says when you see Israel made a nation, again, that generation won't pass away until you the end. And so we are on a timeline and we are approaching the end, but the important thing that we were talking about in those two weeks is there's no bad news for the believer. If your view of the end times produces fear and causes you to withdraw from the world, it's bad teaching. Because it should inspire you to push harder. Because you can study and you can know, but it should never affect your go. Because that's your commandment from Jesus. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And after you, you know, I've grown up in church. I, I find there's always been lots of people in my life that the further they dug into eschatology, the more fearful they got, the less they attended church, the more they stocked up on, oh, I need lots of canned foods, I need more guns and bullets. No! It should inspire you to, I got a world to win. There's people that need to hear about Jesus. That's the message of the end times. There's no bad news for the believer. And if it produces fear, it's not God. Because perfect love casts out fear. But where we spent most of our year, 
in and out in between all these different series is we've been talking about faith. And faith is just simply taking God at his word. If he says it's one way, I go ahead and say, yes, that's how it is. If he told me to speak to the mountain, I go ahead and I align my actions and I speak to the mountain. And what does the mountain do? It moves. Not because I pulled the power, but he has the power and told me to direct it. And so just as we believed at salvation, it says that man in Romans chapter 10, that we would believe with the heart and with the mouth confession was made unto salvation. If your faith does not cause you to speak and to act, you don't believe what you think you believe. Because you will walk out what you actually believe. It'll be on your mouth, and it'll be in your actions, and by watching those two things, I'll be able to tell you exactly where you're going. And I've said that as a pastor over the years, people always start with telling you what they think you want to hear, and if you listen long enough, you find out what they actually believe. Because it'll be in their words, and it'll be in their actions, until they're willing to change what they believe, change what they speak, and change what they do. They will never have true change in their life. And faith is always inspired from the Word of God. Romans 10, 17 in the Passion Translation says, Faith, then, is birthed in a heart that responds to God's anointed utterance. Responds. What does response look like? This is something that I talk about my kid, with my kids all the time. When I call your name and I'm upstairs and you're downstairs, I want to hear you say, yes, daddy, or I want to see your butt standing there in front of me, right? That's a response. If I say, Harrison, I don't want silence and I don't want absence. Response is, yes, dad, or here I am. And so faith responds to the word of God. If God said it's one way, I go ahead and say it's that way too, and I act like it's true because it is. And I step into it. And coupled with that message of faith, we spent several weeks talking about doubt and unbelief because doubt and unbelief are the thief of God's blessings. If God says it's one way and you choose to doubt and not believe that, you won't stand in the blessings that he said believing this will bring. It doesn't happen both ways. You either believe and agree with him or you disagree with him. And when you believe, you get the things he said you are there for the believer. When you choose not to agree with him, you don't get those things. And so we see so many Christians in the body of Christ, God, why am I always seeing this thing? Because you believe crap. Let's just be honest. You don't believe the word of God. You believe what the world or the circumstance says the most. And here we understand that strong faith considers the promise. Strong faith looks at what God says and says it's so. Weak faith considers the conditions. Well, I know you said this, God, but here's what I see. He didn't ask you what you see. Faith does not walk by sight. We walk by faith and not by what we can feel. If he said it's one way, I align myself with that. Why? Because the book of Amos says, can two walk together unless they agree? We bring ourselves into agreement with God. And so strong faith considers the promise. Weak faith considers the condition. And faith rises out of your heart in response to the word, but doubt rises out of your thoughts in response to your considerations. 
If you keep focusing on what's missing or what you don't have or how horrible you feel, that's what you're going to continue to have because that's where your focus lies. We are to fix our eyes on things above and not on things on the earth. And so that's where we were in 2023. Let me just grab some water here. That's where we were in 2023. And we're about to close the door or turn the page on 2023 and turn it into 2024 tonight. And so as I was seeking the Lord, I'm like, God, if there's some things that we need to say about 2024, what, what should we say? And just naturally as a pastor, I have some things that I want you to consider as we step into 2024. 2024, and I don't think I've ever had this, had this discussion in the past, but I feel we should talk about it this year. 2024 is, a, is an American election year. And why, do I, why am I bringing that up? Because for a lot of American Christians, their Christianity is tied to their politics. And so in this year, there's going to be a lot of heightened emotions about what they see or what they feel that they're going to tie back to God. God is not a Republican or a Democrat. He is not a conservative or a liberal. God is God, and what he has said is true. It doesn't matter who's in power. And for a lot of Christians in 2020, when Donald Trump, who basically was acting as a lot of a Messiah to a lot of Christians, they believed him more than they believed God. When he lost, it was for them, their whole perspective shifted that life can't be good because what I thought should happen didn't happen. I don't care who's in office. I find I don't align with any of them these days. But what I'm saying is, for a lot of American Christianity, their politics and what they believe are so tied together that sometimes it skews what they're actually able to see. And so I want you to be careful of what you listen to and what you hear, because emotions, as soon as you put emotions involved, God is not, you are not led by your emotions. The Holy Spirit leads us by peace. And so you can hear what they say, go, oh, hold on a second. Holy Spirit, what's true? Because it says he will lead and guide you into all truth. And I say that because Canadian Christianity seems to be very intertwined with American Christianity a lot of times. It doesn't matter what happens in 2024. God is still on the throne. The word is still true. And what he has promised to you will still come to pass. And so I'm laying that out at the first of the year because every election cycle, I hear things and I'm like, really? Go back to the Word again and check that out. And so the more you hear of Christian, Christian stuff that is following that direction, I want you to be cognizant or aware of it, that you don't have to follow hyper-emotionalism. We follow the Word of God and the Holy Spirit on the inside. Amen? So, if 2023 was the year for us to continue, what does 2024 hold for us here at Word Church? Well, a few weeks ago... Well, we were ministering. We just the whole, the service went a different direction that we we were talking about. And I was like, I don't think we've ever done that in 22 years. Have we ever just taken putting the service on hold and just prayed for each and every member of the church and just taken time? We've never done that. But at the end of that, as Pastor Robin had a word on his heart and he gave out a tongue and an interpretation through the Holy Spirit, the Lord was saying, "Come up, up, up into the throne of God." 
Come before the throne of God. And that's exactly what Pastor Wendy was speaking out again this morning. Come up, 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 up to the throne of God. Why? Because 2024 for us is the year of up. You don't have to set your affections on things down below. We set our eyes and our attention on heaven. And 2024 is the year of up. You are seated in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. You need to look at situations of your life from that perspective. Too many Christians live their life like they're under the barrel. No, you're not under the barrel. You are seated in heavenly places far above. And so we need to learn to look from that perspective, and we need to shift and look to where our help actually comes from. Because, you know, most people just spend more time complaining about their problem rather than looking for the solution or to the one who has the solution. And so the, I want to base off this scripture, passage of Scripture for this year of 2024. In Psalms 121, verse 1 says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? Or let's put that into some easier English. Where does my help come from? Well, it says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth and he will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you does not slumber. He's not asleep somewhere. Forget, oh, I better go help Dylan. I forgot about him. No, he doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. And he will not allow you to be moved when you align yourself with him. It says, behold, he who keeps Israel shall not neither slumber nor sleep. For the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is the shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night, because the Lord shall preserve you from all evil. Go ahead and say all. He will preserve your soul. I love that. It's not, that's not talking about your spirit. That's the word for your mind, your will, and your emotions. He will preserve your thought life. He will preserve your emotion life. You don't have to be just blown around in those areas of your life. He will hold you and he will keep you. Because it says the Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. And so our word for 2024 is up. Lift up your eyes. Don't focus on everything else that's going on. Lift up your eyes to the throne of God where you were told to come boldly before his throne, where you receive help and grace in your time of need. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm so excited about what 2024 has for us as individuals and has for us as this church body at Word Church. And so, Father, we just thank you for what we're about to step into. We thank you that just as sure as you had good things for us in the past, we believe with a confident expectation you have good things for us stepping into this year. That you have good plans, plans of hope, plans of peace, not for evil. And Lord, we just go ahead and thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We thank you for it. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor Robin, why don't you bring us in for a landing? Well, glory. You know, um, the end of um, 2023 is, is not the end because we're continuing, right? 
We're continuing to go up in 2024. I'm so excited about that. Man, we, we, we're so close to the end that we need to understand that our life as we go through 2024 needs to bring us closer to where we're more heavenly minded than earthly minded. Because there's going to be a transition very soon where you step from earthly to heavenly. Amen? Whether it be a rapture, whether it be a passing, whatever, it's, it should be a natural thing. And so as we, as we move into 2024, I, I keep seeing this where it says, you know, we're 321321, which is, a, is it 123? 123. It's a dance step. If the day, today's date is a dance step, it's like a waltz. So we're going to dance, we're going to waltz into 2024, amen? And then make our way up, up into heavenly places where God can do the exceedingly abundantly above all we can ever ask or think. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I got a bit of a word this morning. Um, and uh, we were having our, our leadership prayer this morning as we were there, and, and it just started hitting me. And then, and this is what I got. In this year, 2024, it is a year of much more. Much more of his mercy, much more of his grace, much more of, a, of his provision. It is a year of exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. Prepare to be astonished. Prepare to be amazed. You are about to be marked as a child of the Most High, El Shaddai. <laughs> Amen. Woo, glory. Hallelujah. And so now we're going to give you opportunity to sow, continue to sow in 2023. And uh, we need to say this confession together. This is my seed. I sow it into the kingdom of God. Seed, do what you do best, grow. I sow you to spread the gospel. I sow you to strengthen believers. I sow you to grow where I cannot. I sow you to grow, multiply, and return in great supply. Harvest, I receive you. Lack, I resist you. His supply is sufficient. I walk in abundance of grace in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will, you know, summer, winter, cold, hot. Amen. It continues. Amen. Glory be to God. We have a word care team. Come on up here. If you need any ministry, any prayer, these guys would love to pray with you and minister to you. Amen? Amen. Well, glory be to God. Yeah, it's come up for some prayer or whatever. And uh, we do have actually some, we have some cookies left over from the last, was it last week? Yeah, last week. And there's some hot chocolate and coffee back there. If you want to stick around for a bit and have some of that. Amen? Glory be to God. Happy New Year, everyone.